Amen. So we're doing a series called Drop a Stress Size. Uh, Morvin, thank you uh, for clearing that up for me, that $106 million. I just wanted to make sure that, I mean, I don't do math very well, so now I know. I've never actually played uh, the lottery, so it's very hard to win when you don't play. But my God is a God of miracles. He can do all kinds of crazy things. So I might wake up with a lottery ticket in my pocket tomorrow. Uh, and, and what is it, Tuesday, when 106 or $1.6 billion. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I hope you guys are alive and awake this morning. Uh, I have not been feeling particularly well this week. I had a cold, was down in a, at a conference in Columbus. Uh, while I was there the very first day, got sick. Uh, I hate sickness. Uh, but I'm on my way up, which is really, really good. Just kind of running a little low on energy. So you guys get the opportunity to provide me with a little bit of energy through feedback. You know, some amens, hallelujahs, woo-woo, those types of things that will motivate me uh, as we continue on. Because if it doesn't happen, you might find me doing this in the middle of, in the middle of talking. So uh, we're going to try and, and, and get through that a little bit. Because you know how colds are. I mean, I have a cold, I'm not feeling well, which means I can't breathe at night, so I only sleep about an hour, which makes it worse. Hopefully it gets better, right? And that's all we can look at. We got our scriptures today, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew uh, chapter 4, and like so many people have said already, we're doing a series called Drop a Stress Size. Now the last series that we did, we did five weeks, and it was very, very uh, biblical-based, and, and today we're going to start a series that's going to be a lot more principle-based. Of course, we're going to dive into the Scripture because that's what we do here. We, we really want to know what God says about these things and that truth and apply it to our lives. And so we're going to dive into Scripture, but we are going to talk about some specific applicable things to help us understand kind of what stress is and how it plays into our lives. And this is important because, and the reason we're doing this series is because this is something that we say and we hear from people all the time. I am just stressed out. I am overwhelmed. I am exhausted. And so it's something that we feel like we have to address, maybe even every six months or something, because we know that that is not where God wants us. God does not want us in a place where we aren't effective. Now, tired happens, and we'll talk about that. But we want to be effective. And we have gotten to the place as a culture where we are ineffective because we are basically zombies walking around because we have maxed everything out. You see, we have, we have come up. Thank you. See, this is a good start. This is a good start. We have gotten to the place where we are told that we are to be ambitious. And so we push, 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 even beyond our measure of grace. And so we talked about that yesterday uh, in a little class that we had that the Bible tells us. That cough is why I'm using the handheld, so that you don't have to face that all the time. But the Bible tells us that each of us has been given a measure of grace. And that when we try and move outside of that, there's all kinds of struggles and issues and stresses that we aren't meant to have. And so we're supposed to kind of stay in our lanes, uh, do the, use the gifts that God has given us, and, and the measure that God has given us as well. And so we talked about that. And that's important for us to know and understand. But, but in the name of ambition, we have these things laid out for us, and this is what your life is supposed to look like. You're supposed to graduate high school with this GPA. You're supposed to go to college and be something, you know, whatever, go to, go to you know, graduate school and so on and so forth, and our life is played out. You even get jobs, and it's like you're supposed to be pushing yourself forward to the next level. 
And so we're always trying to move forward. And in trying to move forward, we have everything absolutely maxed out. Our schedules, our finances, our relationships are all pushed all the way to the edge because we have to keep up with the Joneses and we're afraid of missing out. So in the name of ambition, in the name of moving forward, we have pushed ourselves to the extreme where we are walking around like zombies. And if you ever wonder why zombie movies are so popular right now, it's because that's how we live. And so we like seeing other people in that same realm. We are dead people walking. We don't even know what's going on around us because we have to be so focused because our life is pushed so to the max and so to the extreme. And we want to drop a stress size. We want to get to the place where we can enjoy life, where we're not pushed all the way to the edge, where things aren't completely maxed out on us, where we're not sitting there just confused by the day. We go to bed at night, we want to cry. We get up in the morning and we want to cry. We can't sleep even though we're exhausted because we've got so many things on our minds. And if you think that's the life that God wants for us, I, I think we're completely wrong. We're completely wrong. And the Bible tells us over and over and over again to fear not, to worry not, to those types of things. Why? Because that's not where he wants us. He wants us in a place of peace. It says that his spirit will give us peace, peace that passes all understanding. And if that's not our experience, then we're doing it wrong. And so we want to get to the place where we're doing it right. So we're going to talk about this over the next couple of weeks, three weeks on dropping a stress size. So I have this uh, scripture here in Matthew 4 that we're going to dive in. We're going to see Jesus' life right up front. And I'm going to pull out in this section, I'm going to pull out, I think, seven principles, and then we're going to get into our application uh, for the day. This is week one, uh, that's week two, and this is week three uh, over here, and we're going to kind of talk about how these relate to us as far as dropping a stress size. Matthew 4, starting in verse 1, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. How many people have ever felt like you're in the wilderness, where things just are not going well for you? You know, sometimes it's a day. Anybody have bad days? We had a rough morning a little bit, but it's not been uh, a horrible day. How many people have had rough weeks? Have you ever had a rough year? You know, there's months, there's years, there's times that have just gone by where you're just like, oh my goodness, could this end? And then we say things like, uh, it couldn't get any worse, and then tomorrow happens, right? And we're like, what in the world were we thinking? Why did we say that yesterday? Because things can just happen. Well, see, here's the thing. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So here's a reality for us, church. That stresses, trials, tribulations, they, they are not separate from walking with God. Meaning that if I walk with God, that doesn't mean that I'm excluded from experiencing trials and tribulations and struggles. And that's something that we think. God, I, you know, I'm trying to do what you have said. Why am I going through this? I shouldn't be going through this. Well... Maybe you should, because the Bible tells us in a couple of spots, particularly in Romans and, and also in James, to count it all joy when you face trials, because it builds us up, it helps us to grow. And so let's, let's talk about this right here, just right up front, that just because you're walking in with God does not mean that you won't experience stresses. In fact, the Bible kind of tells us the opposite, tells us in John that you will have trouble, that he had troubles, and that we are not greater than him. Therefore, we will experience trials and struggles and troubles. And so Jesus, who we are not greater than, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
I'm not a big fan of that scripture. It's fairly terrifying when you think about it because I don't want to be led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, but that is exactly what happened with Jesus here. So principle number one that we're going to talk about, stress is a part of life. You know, it's just a part of life. It's not something that can be avoided or eliminated. What we have to learn is to try and regulate it. Now, here's the thing. Like, we, we can't regulate everything, right? There's two kinds of pain and suffering in the world, the kind that we choose that helps us to grow. I was at a wrestling camp uh, this week. The, the coaches all over the country go to Ohio State. We watch the wrestlers. We see their practices, uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes. We watch the wrestling team. This is a team that actually wins, not the football team. Uh, and so we watch, the, we watch their, their wrestling practice. And I'm telling you, they put themselves through some rigorous stuff, right? I mean, I'm sitting there sweating, and I'm not even part of the practice. I'm like, goodness. See, they know that growth comes through pain and suffering. And so they choose to put themselves out on the mat. They choose to work out hard to, to push themselves to the max. They choose that for a reason because growth comes through that. But then there's also pain and suffering that you don't choose, right? Their head coach gave the testimony, his testimony, uh, Tom Ryan, at the very last session when he was 36 years old and he's now 50. He was sitting at the dinner table and his five-year-old son died of a heart attack at the table. And so wrecked their family. He had four kids, all that stuff, wrecked their family. This is pain and suffering that you don't choose. But he said in that situation, you know, he looked to the only place he could. He looked to Jesus Christ. And so he was, he's a very strong Christian, and he talked about his faith and how that has translated into his leadership here uh, with the Ohio State Buckeyes. We're there, you know, not here. And it was really, really neat. But we all know this, right? There's pain and suffering we choose you know, there's, there's times like it's, it's hard sometimes for me to put money in the savings account because there's something I want, but I know that pain and suffering now will benefit me later, right? It's, it's hard sometimes to take that money or that time and invest in your marriage or relationships, but if you do that, you know that pain and suffering now will pay off later, right? That's pain and suffering that you choose, but then there's pain and suffering that we don't choose, like Tom Ryan in the death of a child, something that none of us or should have to go through and would be hard to even imagine. But that's pain and suffering we don't choose. Well, here's what we have here. We have Jesus, led by the Spirit, in the wilderness, being tempted by the devil. Stress happens. That's my point. Stress is going to happen. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. To feel like you can eliminate it, that's impossible. What we have to do is learn to regulate it. It's like a bank. I make investments, therefore when I have to make a withdrawal, there's something in there to withdraw from. That's point number one. Next point. In the wilderness. After fasting, verse 2, 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. He was hungry. Now, when I look at this, this is what, this is bringing out Jesus' humanity, Right? And, and there are several scriptures I wanted to show. There's a couple of points, but I, I don't have time, where it talks about when he was at the well, how he was weary. There was another point where it talks about him being tired. There's times when it talks about Jesus went alone to get away from the crowds, where he slept, he was sleeping in the boat. Why does he do that? Because he's tired. And, and so we think sometimes that, oh, I can do it, I can push through, that I don't, I don't want to be tired, I don't need to be tired. Well, guess what, guys? Hunger happens. Exhaustion happens. Tired happens. It happened to Jesus. You're not better than Jesus. So if he experienced hunger, if he experienced weariness, if he was tired, so will you be. What you do in that 
That's what's valuable and important and, and, and something that we need to know and understand. Because here brings point number two, or point number three. Point number two was, you are not stronger th than God. He experienced hunger. He experienced weariness. He experienced tiredness. You will as well. The next point, point number three, is Satan loves to beat you when you are down. See, the moment that Jesus was experienced hunger, the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. The Son of Man. You are the Son of Man. If you are that, tell those stones you're hungry. Tell those stones to become bread. You see, Jesus was hunger, and, and, and the enemy, the Bible says, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. What he's doing is he's identifying prey. And when you're tired, and when you're weak, and when you're weary, and when you're hungry, you are vulnerable. Isn't that true? We all know this. I know this about myself. My kids know this about myself. When dad is tired, you do not talk to dad. Dad is, dad is not very approachable uh, in those times, other than Peyton, who for some reason thinks that when I'm tired, it's very, very important to climb on top of me and smother me with kisses. I, I do thank her for those, even though I'm going, why are you doing this right now? I'm tired. Why are you doing this right now? So we have those temptations, right? those struggles, and those issues. Just a little tip I saw on Facebook the other day for those that have families. If you need a nap, what you do is you tell your kids that you're going to go lay down for a little while and that they need to wake you up in a half an hour because you're going to work together and clean the house and they will leave you alone for three hours. That's what you do. They will leave you alone for three hours. You will never see them again. Guys, I'm going to go lay down. Wake me up in a half an hour so we can get up and clean the house together. You will get the best nap of your life if you're willing to do that. So tip, write it down. It can happen. So anyways, point number three here is Satan loves to beat you while you're down. Here's the problem. When we're weak, when we're tired, when we're hungry, do not allow those stresses to compound by making bad decisions during that time. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as we move on. Next thing. So, he says, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What did he do? He quoted scripture. He combated. He, he fought against that temptation, that struggle right there that was presented to him. Here's something that we know, and this is a principle that we all have to learn. That if we want to combat if we want to combat stresses, trials, tribulations, and issues, then we have to invest, which means it requires work, which is kind of the opposite of our thinking, right? The opposite of our thinking. We think that rest is what creates laying down, doing nothing, is what helps us to get to that place. And the Bible says that, you know, we have to be peacemakers, which means you have to make peace. That means you have to do something. If you want to get to the place where your stress size is down, it's going to require investment. It's going to require pain and suffering up front, which means, church, it takes effort. You know why Jesus was able to quote the Scripture to combat the devil? Because he knew the Scripture. If you don't know the Scripture, you can't use the Scripture to combat the enemy, can you? You have to know the Scripture, which means time, effort, energy, to invest in the Word of God, to put that in your heart. The Bible says, I will hide it in my heart so that I won't sin against you, so that I will have it there always, which means it requires effort. 
if you want to drop a stress size, and it, once again, it goes against our thinking some, you're going to have to put in some effort to make that happen. There's going to have to be some pain and suffering chosen right up front. So he combats. That's number three. He combats, and combating requires work and effort. That's number four. Sorry. Then after this, the enemy comes back at him, and he uses scripture. Then the devil took him to a holy city, in verse 5, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. What does the enemy do? He uses the word of God against Jesus. And we have to be careful, church, at the lies and the justifications that we use and tell ourselves. Because we do it all the time. I deserve this. He says, you know, if you are the son of God, I'm a man, I deserve this. I'm a woman, I deserve this. I'm a mom, I deserve this. I'm a dad, I deserve this. I have put up with that woman for however many years, I deserve this. Those are the lies that we can tell ourselves, and he even uses scripture to help justify it. That's dangerous, church. We have to be very, very careful that when we're reading scripture, we're not pulling things out that benefit us. We talk about this all the time, that we are bending our lives to the truth, not the truth to our lives. And so Jesus says, yes. I mean, he basically says, yes, it is. But it is also written. Once again, you have to know the word. Once again, you can't leave it at one point or spot. There are several things you can read in the Bible, and it's like, that doesn't even make sense. That's hard if you read it by itself. But he says, you know what? Yeah, but it's also written that you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So that's it. No, number five, we have to be careful of the lies and the things and the way we justify our actions and the way we tell ourselves some things. We have to apply the truth to our lives and allow ourselves to adjust to the truth. And then what does he do after that? The devil takes him up again, tells him that he would give him all the kingdom if he would worship him. And Jesus says this, get away from me, Satan. He says in verse 10, away from me, Satan, for his word is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. All three times, Jesus uses scripture to combat that. And as he says, get away from me, it says in verse 11 that the devil left him. And I love that because the Bible tells us in James 4, 7 and 8, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And it also says in verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So those two things are very, very important, right? It takes effort to resist and it also takes effort to draw. But if we will do those things, the devil will leave. And that is the promise that we have in those scriptures. Resist the devil and he will flee. Jesus says, away from me, Satan, and then the devil left. And then this, this finishes with this. In verse 11, the devil left him and the angels attended to him. Another version, one of my favorites, the, the uh, English Standard Version says that the angels came and ministered to him. And I love that word, ministered. You see, we, we oftentimes, we don't think, we think, oh, we can do it. We don't need no help. We can do it. But Jesus was ministered to. You, you cannot be so prideful as to think that you are better than Jesus and don't need ministered to. All of us in this room, we need ministered to. Which brings me to our application for the day. We are going to talk about our drains and our fills. So the next three weeks, we're going to talk about drains and fills. We're going to talk about balance in our life, which that's 
That's a teeter-totter, and it's not what you think it is, and we're going to talk about where and how to find rest. Those are the things that we're going to talk about. Morvin's going to come out here, and he's going to help me a little bit uh, with this illustration right here, but we're going to talk about these three things, and today we're going to talk specifically about fills and drains. How many people know that you do not have an infinite amount of energy and willpower? Anybody in this room know that? You know that you do not have an infinite amount of energy and willpower. That means it's finite. That means you run out. And every one of us has things that drains our energy and willpower. And when I said that, some of you just thought of someone, didn't you? Some of you thought of someone. Some of you thought of something. Some of you thought of some place. Some of you haven't yet, but you will very, very shortly. But when you get up every single day, you have a certain amount of energy and willpower, and that's what this line is right here. And as you go through the day, your energy and your willpower is drained. Every one of us has a little bit of a drain that is opened up and that it, it just sucks the energy and the willpower out of us. Now, how many of you have to go pee? Anybody? If you don't, just wait a couple minutes and you will. So as we go through this and we work through this, this is just a reality for all of us. The, the, the energy is being poured out of us. And if you don't replenish that, if you don't get to the place where you set your life up, where you are refilling yourself, you will get to, to, to a couple different levels. First, it will start off with anxiety, where you won't be able to sleep. Then it will get to the place where you start having panic attacks even. And then it gets to the place where you will have a breakdown. Now, Andy Stanley says awesome, and, and, and I love this. You will either take a break or you will have a breakdown, but one way or another, you're going to get the rest you need. One way or another. Let's be intentional about our drains and intentional about our fills so that we don't get to the place where we're having nervous breakdowns and required rest. Let's get the rest up front so that we can be intentional about where we are pouring ourselves out as far as our energy and our willpower goes. You still don't have to pee? Because I'm telling you, this is something else right here as this pours out. And so we have to find these, okay? Now, here's what we know. Too much drain can be a problem, right? But also too much fill can be a problem. When we're talking about self-care, that can turn into selfishness, can't it? Where we become just complete consumers. Where it's all about me, 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 me. And we're soaking everything in. And so we have to be intentional about our fills. And that's what these are. These are fills to help us as we pour in to ourselves and as we go throughout the day, we can really bring that and make that work. So be beware of taking in too many fills, but go ahead and fill some of that up. Now, let's talk about some of these specifically. What are fills? What are drains? The easiest thing is what fulfills you and what drains you. There are things in your life that when you go and you do them, you walk away and you're just like, oh my gosh, that's a drain, right? And there are things in your life that when you walk away, you feel strengthened, you feel energized, you feel motivated. That's a fill. Now what's deceiving about this is there are fake fills and there are temporary fills that actually do more damage than good. A fake fill would be something like Netflix binging, right? Because I know this from personal experience. I have never binged on a show, and it's motivated me to get stuff done, right? 
It's never given me more energy and willpower for the next day. In fact, ironically, I lay there all day, and the next day I don't have any energy to move, right? So it's a fake fill, and we have to be very, very careful and aware of those. What are some <laughs> Man, that is driving me absolutely bonkers right there. I think sometimes Morvin feels like that's his job here at the churches. How can I annoy, how can I annoy Pastor Andy today? And so we have to be aware of those fake fills because here's what happens. And, and I don't understand this about us, but it's just a reality. As that drain is turned on, it seems to be our first reaction is to get rid of the fills. And that makes no sense at all. Let me explain this. We are starting to feel tired and drained. So what do we do? We eat poorly. We cut out things like, you know what, I'm so busy tomorrow, I I'm not going to do my quiet time. I'm going to get up and I'm going to get right to work. What did that do? You, you, you just stopped one of your fills, one of the things that fulfills you. I, I can't handle this. You know, I'm, I, I'm running all over the place. I'm going to stop going to church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop, you know, whatever. I mean, you can, you can think about all kinds of things. You know, I have uh, some back issues, and so I got busy a couple of months ago, and I stopped going to the chiropractor. That's just kind of what we do, isn't it? It's like, what do we sacrifice? What do we instantly get rid of? The things that help us, the things that fulfill us. And then we get to the place where we just compounded, we just opened that drain almost wide open, and we are just being flushed out. And, and we're draining, and we're empty, we're empty, we're empty. And we're laying awake at night completely stressed out because we don't know how we're going to get things done. And we just have not filled ourselves up. So you have to be very, very uh, aware of, of what are real fills, what are real drains, what are fake fills, what are temporary fills that cause more drainage than filling. Like one of the things that we talked about as a staff was, was shopping. Because, yeah, sometimes that can be a fill. But if you don't have the money to do it, you might go out and get a temporary satisfaction from that. But when the credit card bill shows up, you will be way more stressed than when you started. But we do those things to satisfy ourselves, and we end up compounding the stress on our lives. And we have to learn to regulate what we're doing as far as fills and drains go. Once again, stress is not something that's going to be eliminated, but it's something that we can regulate. And so as we're filling ourselves up to make sure that we are filled, we can, we can kind of take on those drains and those things that happen. I made a quick list, and I'm going to share these with you real quick so you know it. We talked about this as a staff. What are some fills? Well, workouts can be fills. Why? Because when you're done, even though it's a hard work, when you're done, you feel energized. You feel like you can take on the word, the world. And so it can be a fill. Getting work done and accomplishments. You know, getting spaces cleaned up can be a fill. It can energize you so you can feel like you can get some more things done. Quiet time is in time by yourself and quiet time is in Bible reading, scripture study, and those types of things so you can combat the enemy. Those can be fills. What do they do? They require work, but they, they also are fills. Church time, coffee with friends or hanging out with people that actually build you up and encourage you. That can be a fill. Also, that can be a drain. We know that. But working on your relationships. You know, I absolutely love when I get chances to go out with my wife. It is a fill for me. But I think it's a fill for me, and it might not be for some of you, because I have invested and she has invested in that relationship. And so we, we get together, and it's a fill. You need to get to that place where it's a fill. It gives you energy and strengthens you. It's important. Uh, sometimes movies, sometimes uh, sports, 
Sometimes sports can be a drain. All Buckeye fans in here know that today, right? Not feeling very energized. But those can be fills. What are some drains? Um, people, overcommitment, breakdowns, things not working the way they're supposed to uh, can be drains. Unresolved issues, whether it's relationship problems, too much noise, too much activity, those can be uh, drains. What are some fake or temporary fills? Shopping. TV can be. Netflix. Food can be. It can be a problem. Sports and sex. All of those things can really be temporary fills that actually lead us to more drain than fill. And so I would encourage you to identify these things for yourself because one of the things that was so fascinating was as we talked about this as a staff, everybody's list looked different. There were 11 people in the circle, and everybody's list looked different. Could be because of stage of life. Could be because of just things that are preferences. But they look different. And so we have given you, in your bulletin, this paper right here, which is an opportunity for you to write down some fills and to write down some drains, some things that you can identify in your life to help you regulate that stress so that you are not just being emptied out, that you are also making sure that you are fulfilled on a daily basis so that that emptying does not affect you as much as it has and you can drop a stress size. I encourage you to do that. I also encourage you then after you've made that list is make a copy of it or just hand it to your husband or to your wife and they hand you theirs so that you can kind of work on those things together. Because one thing is for sure, a fulfilled wife is a better wife and a fulfilled husband is a better husband. And so I want to make sure that if I can, I'm helping my wife being filled so that she can, of course, pour that back into us because she has unlimited energy or uh, a finite amount of energy and willpower as well. And I want to invest in that, and she wants to invest in me, and such is our relationship. And so this is very, very valuable and important. Learn to understand what drains you, what fills you, what are temporary fills, what are fake fills, and start to identify them and be intentional about them. Because here's what I want, and this is what we're going to get to. There is a scripture in Philippians 2, verse 17. I want to get to the place, and I love it in the New Living Translation, but we don't have it here. Uh, it says this, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming your, from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. You see, I want to get to the place where we are experiencing gladness and joy, and it's not being stressed out, and it's not because we're being drained. It's because we are being poured. Listen, you can only be poured if you have been filled, and you can only pour if you're intentional about it. I don't want us to be the place where we are constantly drained, where we see things like our kids as a drain. We want to see our kids as an opportunity to pour ourselves out instead of being drained by them. And I think we can get to that place if we are intentional with our fills and with our drains. I, I know that I can get to the place where I'm having God fill me up so that I am now pouring myself out into my kids instead of reacting every day as if they are draining my energy and willpower. It's a completely different mindset, and I think we can get there. And we are going to talk about that a little bit next week. So I close with this statement. Imagine a life where you were being filled and poured out 
and just not drained all the time, and you're doing it on purpose. Your life could be radically different. Father, we thank you for this time. Help us to see your truth. Help us to apply it to our lives so that we can continue to better serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. I know that some people out here can relate to this. That's why I turned it back on. You can relate to that point of, man, my life feels like a continual drain. In the book of John, chapter 4, Jesus meets this woman at a well, and he makes this statement to her that is really applicable to us today. He says, everyone who drinks of this water from this well will be thirsty again, but I have water that I will give to you, and you'll never thirst again. And of course, she responds and says, give me this. Give me of this water. And Jesus begins to tell her about the truth of the gospel and the truth of what his life meant. And so if this morning, if you're sitting out there and you would say, you know what? This is me. I don't have any fills in my life. I don't have anything that's putting into me. This morning, we're here to tell you that being here is step number one. Having God a part of your life is step number one. And if you don't have God a part of your life, we're going to pray in a moment and we're going to give you that opportunity. And so I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. And if you're out there this morning, you would say, Morvin, I've never asked Jesus Christ to be in my heart. I've never asked him to be a part of my life. And I want to do that this morning. I want to ask you to lift up your hand. We're not trying to point anyone out or make them feel bad. We just want to pray with you. Anyone at all want to receive Jesus for the first time to start that process. Or if you would say, you know what? I gave my life to Jesus at one point, but I have allowed the cares and the worries of this world to distract me from my desire for God. And I want to recommit my life to him this morning. I want to ask you to lift up your hand. I see that hand. Anyone else? I see those hands. Anyone else? Thank you, Father. There is life that comes from God. Well, church, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me and say, Father God, I come to you right now and I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me of walking away. Forgive me for not putting you in the place that you should have in my heart. Come into my life right now and fill me again with your life and your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give a hand to those people who recommitted their lives this morning. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. And if you prayed that prayer um, this morning and rededicated your life, these people are here to help you and assist you. They're not just here to stand here and say another prayer, but there are some tools that we want to get in your hands to help you on your path towards keeping Christ at the forefront of your life.
And so just come up here. We'll get a little bit of information, and we'll get that to you. But please, we want to pray for you. I'm going to ask everyone to stand up now. And before we leave, we're going to pray one more time. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes again. And if you're out there this morning, and again, you lack peace because you have been so drained. Everyone's eyes are closed. No one's looking around. We just want you to lift your hand so we can pray with you. I see those hands all over the place. Anyone else? Get in on this if you feel like life is just being sucked from you. I see those hands. Father God, I come before you right now. And for these ones with their hands lifted, Father, and those who maybe were, not confident enough, I ask you to provide them the peace that the scripture says passes all understanding. Allow their lives, Father God, to feel your presence, overwhelm them, Father, and just bring them to this place, bring them into your place of peace and rest. Lord, the scripture tells us that you give your beloved sweet sleep, and so I pray sleep upon each and every person who has their hand raised. I pray rest upon everyone who has their hand raised, Father. I ask for clarity for their minds so that they can see clearly the things that they need to add to their life and the things they need to remove from their life, Father God, so again, they can have your life and your peace. And so I believe, Father, that we will have testimonies next week of those who were able to clearly redefine their life and rearrange their priorities to come in line with you. And the peace that they received was unspeakable. And so we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming out this morning. We do truly appreciate you being here and being a part of our family. Why don't you shake hands with at least two people and tell them we will see you next week.